What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Coffee with a friend is like capturing joy in a cup. Welcome to the Coffee with Jenny B podcast, hosted by Jenny B, a lover of all things coffee. Each week, Jenny will chat about connecting over coffee, what brings her joy, and everything in between. A lot can happen over coffee, so grab a cup, sit back, and enjoy. Now here's your host, Jenny B. Hello and welcome. Today, I am so thrilled to have Al Dawson as my guest for today's episode of Coffee with Jenny B. So Al, I'm just going to say a little bit about Al before I get him on. He's the owner of three coffee shops, Harrison's Coffee Company, one at the Johnston Terminal at the Forks, the other at Waterfront Drive, and the Outlet Mall on at Seasons of Tuxedo, I believe it is. Yep. Good morning, Al. Welcome. Good morning. Hey, thank you. Welcome. So I love your coffee shops. Thank you. My favorite location is the one at the Forks, Johnston Terminal. I think that's where I first met you. It is. Yeah. We bought what was an existing coffee shop, Espresso Junction. Yes. In January 13th of 2020. And we closed it March 13th of 2020 for March 11th of 2020 for COVID. Yes. And then we reopened it. We rebranded and reopened it June 1st of 2020 as Harrison's. Yeah. Now, what made you decide to call it Harrison's? Harrison was my first dog. He was a soft-coated Wheaton Terrier. And he was very gentle and very kind and loving to us. But he was a soft-coated Wheaton terrorist in every sense of the word. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, that's adorable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so what made you decide to get into the coffee business in the first place? Sure. I've been been in hospitality since I was 13. And I've been in the coffee business for the last 15 years. About 12 years ago, I helped a friend start a coffee roasting company Mm -hmm. in Ontario. And it was his. I just helped him where I could and however I could. And learned a little bit about it. And from that point on, I started roasting my own coffee for personal use. And then it was time to make the jump. Yeah. So taking that leap of faith, I guess. Yeah. That was without any insight on a pandemic happening. But yeah. Well, and it's interesting because around that time, a lot of other roasters were starting their business and coffee shops were opening and no one knew what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And yet it's interesting that during the pandemic, coffee shops are still thriving and roasters are still roasting coffee beans. So did you feel that the pandemic well, it crushed uh, us? It absolutely yeah. crushed us. Yeah. I was closed for six months. And then the restrictions that were in place, and rightfully so, the restrictions had to be in place. And I'm not upset at it, mm-hmm. but my business was down 75%. So, yeah. Yeah. I think the first time I was at your place at uh, Johnston Terminal... I read your manifesto. Yeah. And so tell us a little bit about that and yeah, what so that means to you. 
our manifesto is essentially everything that we do. It's about being transparent in how we do business and how we want to do business Mm -hmm. and who we are as a people. It's posted in each of the cafes. So that way the entire team sees it all the time and never has an opportunity to forget. When we hire, we hire. So we refer to them as the values of our organization and we don't hire for skill. We hire based on values. I'm too old and too tired to teach someone values, <laughs> but I've got all the energy in the world to teach them a skill. So when we hire, we only ask questions based on values to make sure they align with us mm-hmm. and it's a cultural fit. If it's a cultural fit and they align with our values, then they're on board and we can proceed. It really has been a paradigm shift for us in how to hire, but it's only worked out in our favor. That's amazing. I love the idea that you you hire not on skill because you can teach people skills. I can't, but I surround myself with people that can. Okay, yes. yes. So surround yourself with talent and you support each other, which I think is absolutely wonderful. And absolutely and a big reason why I love Harrison's because you can see that. It doesn't matter which location you, you're visiting, um, the staff, they show that care and yeah. they, know, they know the products. I was at your uh, waterfront location on Sunday and I was talking, it's Renat. Renat, yeah. Not, not Renata, but yeah, Renat. Yep. <laughs> and we had a lovely conversation about the coffee and I tried your Dickinson's. Oh, uh, sure. Yes, yes. Yeah, the uh, Myanmar yeah. coffee. Yes, that was lovely, but very knowledgeable about the coffee and about the business and just lovely to talk to. So it's always such a pleasure when you get that customer service, especially at a coffee shop. Yeah, right. It's really interesting. The one thing that has frustrated me forever is when I ask questions and people make me feel like I'm stupid. And that tends to be an ongoing thing when you ask questions or there's the persona of it in coffee shop. So when we bring people on, we're like, this might be the 30,000th time you've heard this question, but this is the first time that customer's asking that question. Yes. So you better treat them with respect and dignity and make sure you take the time to make them feel comfortable because mm-hmm. we're learning together. Mm-hmm. There was a time when Mr. or Mrs. Brista, you didn't know it. I still don't know half the answers, right? I rely on a plethora of people behind me to answer the questions for me. Yes. And what you said about surrounding yourself with people who know the business, who are a fit for what you're looking for, mm-hmm. who have also put their care and their love, I suppose, into coffee, because that's really what it is. It's a labor of love. Isn't yeah. it? Well, you know, I can't expect them all to love and care for coffee as much as I do. That's not, <laughs> they're not invested in it, right? I am. But what I can expect them to do is put their I can't expect them to refer back to our values is to be kind. I can't expect them to leave it better than they found it. Mm -hmm. I can't expect them to be part of the solution. So those are three things that I can expect them to do because that's why they got hired, because they understand what those mean. So it also makes for training conversations and educational conversations a lot easier. Was the way you did that, leaving it better than you found it? No? Well, maybe we need to revisit it. Or way to go. You totally took the initiative and you found a problem. You were part of the solution and you owned it, right? It so makes life easier when we're having conversations about emotional intelligence rather than details. The details we figure out, right? We screw things up all the time and that's okay. But as long as we continue to realize that we're people first, first and foremost. And we're all on a journey that we have to respect. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And that's the thing. It all gets back to customer service. It's treating customers, not like family per se, but treating them as valued VIPs in a sense, because mm-hmm. they chose to come to your coffee shop. They yeah. could have gone absolutely anywhere. Yep. They chose to come to your coffee shop. And so it's showing them that you're grateful in a sense for their patronage. Absolutely. A gentleman I met years ago shared with me, I said something about a customer. He goes, it's not your customer, it's your guest. If that person came into your house, okay. how would you treat them? If that person, right? So it stuck with me from then on. And sometimes people that we bring on board don't necessarily understand that. But then after a couple of weeks of my leadership team, myself and Rose, who's a big part of my leadership team as well, mm-hmm. us serving our team, not serving our guests. Right. My team serves my guests. Rose and I serve my team. After of us serving our team, it starts to come through and make sense what it is you can expect from us. Yeah. So learning by viewing, not necessarily listening. I wouldn't say viewing by experience because it's not, I don't, you know, my conversations with a guest are going to be so different than 18 year old Sally's conversations with a guest because I'm a lot older. I'm a lot more confident in what I say. I own the place, right? There's all kinds of different reasons that my conversation is going to be different. Mm -hmm. But what I want Sally to see is that when she asks for help, I don't make her feel stupid. I go and I and I serve Sally until she understands what it is that's expected of her. If Sally needs anything in my shop or outside of the shop, Rose and I figure it out to make sure Sally gets what she wants. And then Sally experiences what a giving culture is like and what leaving it and experiences our values and then is able to pay them forward. Yes, I love that. I love that it's not just about the coffee. It's no. about the coffee. Yeah, coffee is just a vessel to get two people to talk. <laughs> yes, <Yeah, it's kind> of- <laughs> like no, I think one of the signs we have posted around some here is uh, great conversations start over a cup of coffee, or you know, change starts over. I don't know, it's something about change starts over a conversation, which starts over a cup of coffee. So come on in for change, right? Like <laughs> that's <laughs> the premise is that when you say to someone, "Let's go for a coffee," what you're really saying is, "I want to spend time with you." Yep. And there's not a better feeling in the world than having someone say they want to spend time with you. Mm-hmm. You know, there, right? there's, we just yeah. hope to provide incredible coffee for you to do that. Which it is. I absolutely love yeah. your coffee. Thank you. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think about the book, uh, the, it talks about the love languages, you know, and there's different ways that when people do something that shows their love. And for me, my love is, like you say, going for coffee and having a conversation and connecting with people. Mm-hmm. And reaching out, I mean, especially now, we need that more than ever is that connection. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, speaking of your coffees, I love creativity. Anytime I see something that is creative or like a pun, it just makes me smile because I think of the thought that went behind that. I love the names of your coffees. So I know 18 yep. is uh, named after your the street number, right? Yep. The house, my house. Yes. Okay. Yep. Perfect. Okay. I live um, I live at a house number 18, blah, blah, blah road. So yeah. <laughs> named 18, it's my house espresso. Yeah. 
Yeah, I love that. And what about your other coffees? Bear Hug, obviously. Yeah, so Bear Hug we did with Cal Barteski. Yes. And when we started it for the month of February, I think it was $13 from every bag went to the Polar Bear Fund. Yes. And now ongoing, $2 from every bag sold goes to the Polar Bear Fund. It's Well, we need to be part of our community. We need to be part of the solution. And when I moved to Manitoba, one of the most, one of the things that made me go, okay, I can go there because I was from outside of Manitoba. So Manitoba was what you made fun of, yeah. right? But one of the things that made me say I can go there was the polar bears. Because I would say, oh, I can go visit the polar bears, not realizing how far away they are. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but that was one of the things. So we really fell in love with polar bears and then meeting Cal and buying some of her art and stuff like that. She was just the right person. But anyways, so Bear Hug is named after that. Tiny Dancer, which is going away, was, it, I think it's gone now, was named after when we first cupped it and drank it. We were like, ah, it's like classical music at dinner. It just belongs there. And, but no one would let me call it classical music at dinner. <laughs> so, I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I had to, over about the next 48 hours, I came up with another name for it, which was Tiny Dancer, because it's not the star of the show that completes it. It's all the little dancers behind the lead ballet that make the show whole. You know, um, and it's funny because Tiny Dancer makes me think of that Elton John song. Yeah, a lot of people think of it. But that was the furthest thing from our mind <laughs> when I did it. It was about you need the little ballerinas in the back you do. to make the scene complete. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So it really was, in my mind, the perfect coffee for taking a mood or a setting and elevating it from good to great which I think the tiny dancers do. So that's how that name came to be. What other names do we have? The rest of them, Cottage Blend is one that's pretty self-explanatory. I think we had Hop To It, which was self-explanatory for the season, the spring. Right. Mm-hmm. Bah Humbug was our Christmas blend. And that was their, I'm not a Bah Humbug kind of guy, but mm-hmm. I thought it suited the season and it suited yeah. the COVID Christmas. So mm-hmm. it was kind of a take on that. The latest one, Strawberry Patch. Strawberry Patch is actually Mano Juntas. Mano Juntas is an educational micromill owned by Banexport in Colombia. And what they do is they teach farmers how to make more money for their coffee and they pay them more for their coffee. Oh, I However, love that. we named it and it has beautiful strawberry flavors, a, a very strong citrus and then a very elegant floral mm-hmm. nose. And we named it Mano Juntas because most of my coffees I try to name after farmer or the micromill. That is my preference. Okay. But it intimidates a lot of people. Okay, that makes if they sense. Can't, if they can't say it, if like one of the coffees is Abakuntakawa, and that's a women's-led co-op from Rwanda. But that one, we kind of laugh with people because half my team can't say it either, <laughs> right? <laughs> but, but it really intimidates them to not want to buy it. Oh. So as soon as I changed the name, to, so and it's such a beautiful coffee, and I was getting so mad that no one was buying it. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, it's the name. They don't resonate with the name. No. So I changed the name to Strawberry Patch and boom, it took off. Oh my goodness. Okay. I had no idea. I love mm. that. Yeah. So on my website, I think it still shows as Mano Shuntas. <laughs> Hi, it's Jenny. We'll get back to the show in a moment. But first, I invite you to check out my website, coffeewithjennyb.ca. That's Jenny with a G where you'll find all the links to my episodes. 
you'll also find a variety of coffee gifts available for purchase, including my branded bag of Red Door Coffee Beans from Harrison's Coffee Company. As well, you'll find a link to join the Winnipeg Coffee Community Facebook group. I'll also be posting info about upcoming coffee tours and coffee nights. So keep checking my website for updates. You can also follow me on Instagram at Coffee with Jenny B. Now let's get back to the show. Okay. Okay. And I love that you support farmers. And I always say that, you know, the best coffee shops are those that, that know the farmers, know where the coffee's coming from. And it's all about the roasting process, isn't it? So for the farmers, I don't know any of the farmers. I, I don't, right? I have some really good importers that I work with. Mm-hmm. They know what's happening, right? So I do a lot of trust and a lot of questions. And before I buy a coffee, I want to know the story of it. And I want to make sure. Nor is it in my desire to go to any farms. But what it is, is to make sure that we're, we're following the right process and doing the right thing. So that's what's important to me. So there's only one person that I talked to, and that's Camilo Merzeld, and he's the director of a project called the Santuario Project. And we've had his coffee since day one, and it's in our espresso that's going to be changing soon as well. It's in our espresso, and it gives us that funky fermented cherry flavor in our espresso. But I've always had one of his coffees on, and any of his coffees that come, I buy it. He's a fermenta- His project is based on fermentation, and so he really gets some really cool flavors out of his coffee that I'm just in love with. Mm-hmm. One that we have on now is BAM, Barrel Aromatic Modulation. And it's a coffee that Camilo and his team have fermented whole cherries, coffee cherries, in bourbon barrels for 105 days. And it tastes like Dr. Pepper. No way. Yeah. It's mind-blowing what some of these guys are doing. So he's the only one that I've reached out to because I was able to find him on LinkedIn and I, you know, and I made a connection with him and, and we talk every now and then and I ask him questions about his coffees and, and he responds to me. The rest of them, I, look, I've worked with some extremely talented importers, Jeff at Apex, Cole at Forward Coffee, John at Route 86 and Ari at Cafe Imports, which is one of the largest in North America. I work with some extremely talented people. Mm-hmm. And people that take time for me any day to answer any questions and dig up info for me. So if I'm not happy or I'm not, if, or if I'm unsure, they're mm-hmm. getting a phone call. Yeah. No, that's wonderful that you have that connection with the importers and the suppliers. So that's why. Yeah. You know, anyone who is actually a coffee roaster mm-hmm. will know that next to having a relationship with the farm, that's the next best thing, right? Like, my relationship, if I phone Ari and I say, because I need to rely on them, you know, I might phone Ari and say, hey, this is what I want to achieve. And I need Ari to send me specific samples that are going to help me achieve what I want to achieve. If not, my time is being wasted. His money and time is being wasted. So it really is a leaning post for each other, right? More so me leaning on them than them. They're just leaning on me to pay the bill, right? (laughs) (laughs) And represent their coffees that they send me. Well, I hope, yeah. No, that's wonderful. So when you think, so just getting back to the coffees, like you just mentioned just a few uh, seconds ago about that you have ideas and, and so you rely on them to, fulfill those ideas or those. um, So where do you get your ideas? You know, is it like laying at night and you're thinking it or just sort of all of a sudden you have this aha moment. It's like, Oh, I I think it's it's everywhere. I'm not a small guy, right? So I enjoy food. 
And I've worked in some of the finest restaurants in Canada. And so I kind of have, I would almost say, a chef's palate. Not that I'm as talented as by any stretch, but I want that quality. So you need a good balance between sweetness, bitterness, acidity, right? Or as I think one of the books, the sugar, fat, acid, right? Like it's, you need that balance. And sometimes you'll cup a coffee and you'll go, okay, there's good sweetness there. There's a good body, but there's no acidity. Mm. So what are the flavors that are there that I'm getting? And maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it's chocolate. Let's just use that because it's an easy one. And what would I like to cut that chocolate with? What kind of flavors would I like to complement that chocolate? If I'm doing a blend, as an example, Mm -hmm. and it might be, oh, maybe strawberry. So then I would phone up all of them. Actually, they all get a phone call (laughs) and say, I'm looking for strawberry. And then it's up to them to find to it. say, I have it or I don't have it. Try this, try that, try this. And if we don't have it, then we start talking about what's a secondary flavor that we'd like to complement. Okay. What's a tertiary flavor that we'd like to complement. And we just slowly keep working at it until we get some. Or more importantly, I guess sometimes more of a focus for us is, can we get that out of the single bean? Because that's my preference is to do mm-hmm. single origin. Right. Single origin isn't always possible. So sometimes it is, but I think part of being a good partner for coffee guys is that we have to realize that sometimes they'll have a bad year. So we need to help them through that bad year as well. Exactly. So helping each other. Yeah. Yeah. So we will, you know, maybe the, you know, Brazil is going through chaos right now and coffee Mm -hmm. prices are skyrocketing right now. So what can we do to still support Brazilian coffees, Mm -hmm. yet not impact anything else, right? So yeah, I think we might think a little differently about how do we help people achieve, how do we help the whole cycle, right? Mm -hmm. And not pass ridiculous costs onto the end user. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you know, when I think about the chain of coffee, so it starts with, okay, so at the bottom, or not the bottom, but the guest, Mm -hmm. me enjoying that coffee, and then where that coffee is coming from, where, how you're roasting it, because there are different mm-hmm. methods of roasting. Yeah. And then you're getting it from your supplier who's getting it from a country and from a farm and then yeah. sourcing out. A mill, uh, yeah. And I think that's one of the things that's really pretty about coffee is the untold story about how many lives are actually impacted by someone drinking a cup of coffee, right? So what a lot of people take for granted as, and it was interesting, I had someone down here the other day in my roasting room where I'm at today. And I had someone down here with me the other day and we were talking about the flow of coffee. Mm-hmm. And, and he said, wow, and I only pay $2. I'm <laughs> like, yeah, that's a problem, right? Like it's not a problem right now because we're able to manage it, mm-hmm. but we have to change the expectation mm-hmm. of what $2. Someone like, if I go out for dinner, I have no problem, no problem spending $10 on a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. None at all. Yep. Right. And it's the same love, attention, and detail that's gone into that. Yeah. Same for coffee. Uh, right. So I think, and there's coffees out there that are 10, 20, 30, 40, $50 a cup, but mm-hmm. people aren't ready to pay it. No. Well, and it gets back to you're right. It's just, well, it's just a cup of coffee. I can pick up Maxwell House or Folger. <laughs> you know, and have my coffee and I'm perfectly fine with that. But not realizing, as you say, you know, that flow of everyone who who's involved in making that cup of coffee. So that that's to to know that 
all the the backstory, so to speak. Yeah, for sure. So I think it's really neat. And and part of when I started this was saying we need to educate people on that, Mm -hmm. right? We need to help them understand. Not that this is going to be life-changing for me financially, (laughs) because it's not (laughs) it might be in the opposite way but not that it's life-changing for me financially but I think people just don't really get it understand they take for granted on their way to work a two dollar cup of coffee and they're on their way and it wakes them up well hell no right like this is sometimes a fourth fifth generation farmer that is farming the same land that his great-great-grandfather farmed, right? So there's lineage of knowledge being passed down. Then there's all the people in the community that they employ. If you're one of the bigger farms, such as Shikiso or Abakuntakawa that we use, right? Then we don't use Shikiso this year, but if you're part of like our Rwandan Abakuntakawa women's-led co-op, they've built a school already in their community. They're building a hospital, right? So really... This $2 cup of coffee that you go, $2, $2.50. I go, yeah, but we got a school. Yeah. <laughs> right? We got a school. Isn't that great? Like, yeah. So it really is uh, neat to be able to tell the story of it, I guess. That is neat. And I wish that there was a way that you could relay that to people that it's more than just a $2 cup of coffee. So I guess one final question. Is- yeah. Where do you see Harrison's going from here? You've got the three shops. Are you looking for expanding? Yeah, absolutely. So we'll have another shop by the end of this year, at least one more, hopefully two. So I think we have the ability to stretch further Mm -hmm. than the Manitoba boundaries. So we've just started a new project. We just had our website redone. We won a prize through the downtown Winnipeg Biz. And they worked with Vantage Design Studios and they redid our entire website for us. Excellent. Yeah. So we just had that done. And part of that, we introduced a new program called Fueled by Harrison's. And so it's an opportunity for cafes, restaurants, whatever, to get on board, sell our coffee, and it becomes a long-term partnership with us. And so that's all there, Fueled by Harrison's. But the next step is, yeah, I think we're going to look to do some franchising. Mm-hmm. That's a great idea. And as you say, going outside of Manitoba, are you staying in Canada or? Yeah, I think, well, I haven't even gone outside of my three shops. <laughs> so <laughs> so really, if I follow the rules of Grant Cardone, I have to think 10x. So yeah, I'm going to go outside of Canada. I'll go outside of North America. But I have to learn to walk before I run, right? My entire professional background has been in franchising. Mm-hmm. So it's a logical next step for me. I'm not there with the system. We're just over a year and we opened three cafes in that year. So we're still swimming daily upstream and someone's looking for their life jacket on a daily basis, right? (laughs) But we're trying hard and we're focused on doing what's right next. And so part of right now we're expanding our team and we're looking for people that can help us implement systems and come up with better tools. I know them, but I'm not the guy to do it. I'm the big picture guy. I need people that can really help me and fine tune what we need to do so that we look good. So that the company looks good. But yeah, I don't see a problem with us getting... uh, Well, I know for sure we'll have one more this year, assuming everything stays on track. Hopefully a second one, a a fifth one this year as well. Mm -hmm. 
and then part of the next couple months will be starting to look outside of the province. Yeah, that's good news to hear that uh, you'll you'll be expanding and you know, maybe there'll be, you know, instead of a Starbucks in every corner, there'll be Harrison's. <laughs> yeah, instead, instead of expanding, we could be folding, falling in on ourselves, right? Yeah. But it can get quite capital intensive as you expand. Yes. And sometimes I think we can do it on a, you know, a champagne taste on a beer budget sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so yeah. But yeah, no, I'm excited and I'm up for the challenge and my team is up for the challenge and, and really my team is everything. They mean the world to me. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, I'm excited for you as well. And thank you. I can't wait for the uh, the new shops to open this year. Yeah. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Al. It's been such a pleasure speaking with you and learning more about your business. Thank you so much. Well, we've been speaking to Al Dawson, owner of Harrison's Coffee Company, and learning more about Harrison's and the manifesto and going from good to great and supporting your values. So until next time, enjoy your coffee, buy a cup of coffee at Harrison's. There you go. And think about your values. Thanks so much for listening. If you like Coffee with Jenny B and want to know more, connect with Jenny on Instagram at Coffee with Jenny B. That's Jenny with a G. Until then, all you need is joy and more coffee. It's said that the more time you have to invest, the greater the return. Well, guess what? Kids have the most time if we learn to invest early. That's why I created the Cash Kid Podcast, where I teach kids and some adults financial skills they need to know on how to earn, save, and invest their money. Join me on this journey as we interview experts and explore topics that allow you to grow your money as kids. This podcast will help you become the money expert among your family and friends. Just remember... Anyone can be a cash kid. You just have to learn how to become one. Get ready to grow your financial knowledge and your wallet with the Cash Kid Podcast.